Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the good testimonies, Lord. We thank you for just keeping us safe on the road yesterday and protecting us as we traveled. We thank you for Brother Hiram and the ministry there, and we just look forward to you doing what only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, they're going? Okay. And the rest of us, let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. And again, there is some overlap in some of these things, but uh, tonight we just want to take a, a moment and look. We did the joy of Zacharias and Elizabeth, the joy of Mary and Joseph, the joy of the shepherds, and now we have the joy of the wise men. And uh, there is probably as much conjecture of... Uh, given about the wise men as there is anything in the entire Bible. It's amazing the amount of... Whoa, we okay? All right. Uh, It's just amazing how many different uh, uh, stories have intertwined with the wise men. If you've ever seen... Uh, the old movie Ben Hur. I know nothing about the new one. Really, don't want to. But the old one, uh, uh, one of the recurring characters all the way through uh, the story of Ben Hur was one of the wise men, uh, Melkar. He's standing there uh, different times and places. And of course, it's all a fanciful, fanciful story. Uh, you have the drummer, little drummer boy and the wise men showing up there. And you have, I mean, every story, somebody seems to grab one of the wise men. And, and in modern times, uh, we, we want to be, uh, 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 what is this called, ethnically sensitive. And so one comes from China and one comes from Africa and one comes from uh, somewhere else. Uh, and uh, uh, none of that's true. Just none of it whatsoever. They didn't show up on the manger night. We know that. But let's just look at verse 10. It says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 10, chapter 2. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. Great joy. Now, uh, that is just one of those statements. Most of us, uh, if we could, uh, we would volunteer for that job. Amen? Uh, the exceeding great joy part I'm talking about. Uh, that is something that would not be a bad thing to happen to anyone. And yet, if we put the whole equation in here... Then it becomes a completely different story. I mean, these, these men had occupied over two years of their lives. And I want to challenge you, if they saw the star when it appeared the night of Jesus' birth, acclaimed, because they have a, a time period here and everything is con- connected. And, uh, uh, it says here that, that, uh, It says, we, uh, um, sorry, verse 2, it says, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star 
in the east and are come to worship him. Now, tonight, uh, i just give you the title, The Joy of the Wise Men is what we're looking at. But the joy of the wise men was worship. Do you know how hard it is to actually engage in true worship? Hello? Uh, I mean, we try every Sunday morning. Uh, we try every service to include part of the worship, our, our prayer meeting. Uh, is on Sunday nights. That's what this church is about. And part of our worship to the Lord is our prayers. Uh, prayer is part of worship. Now, prayer is work. Uh, prayer takes effort. Uh, that's why we print out a prayer list, a kind of guide, and keep our prayers together, praying for the same things at the same time. And, and uh, uh, we want to... Uh, remember all of the things that we pray about. First Sunday night of the month is our missionaries. Second is families. Third is church ministries. And the fourth, uh, tonight, we're, we're going to be praying uh, about our leaders. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, if there is any man in this country that needs our prayers, it is Donald Trump. Uh, I just think of how alone that man has been and... Uh, for in his presidency, and now uh, they, uh, the, the, the House of Representatives has voted two articles of impeachment. And just so you understand, it's not official until they actually take that documentation to the Senate and demand a trial. And uh, uh, at first, our, our speaker, Ms. Pelosi, said, ah, oh, we're not going to impeach the president. We don't want to do that. Then she said, well, we're going to do that. Now that she's done that, uh, I don't know when we're going to take that over there. Uh, uh, it's just going to be interesting. Uh, every step of the way, it's just reinforcement of how politically motivated this is and how unsubstantiated in facts uh, this entire process is. We need to pray for our president. Um, I don't, uh, I don't mean to sound melodramatic, but we, we have some people in this country who want to change our election system as we know it. They keep talking, whenever you hear somebody talk about electoral college, getting rid of the electoral college, uh, uh, in, uh, Maine, they've tried weighted votings. And would you imagine that since no one got the, um, uh, the majority of the vote in Maine, they put a Democrat in there uh, because of the weighted voting. Uh, it just worked out that way. Uh, coincidentally, uh, I'm telling you, all of these things are just part of our country. We, we need to pray, worship. Prayers work. Prayer requires effort. And these wise men, there's all kinds of guesses here, but their, their only claim, the only information God gives us is that they were in the east. That would put them in basically modern day Afghanistan, Persia. Uh, that goes back to Daniel. And, uh, uh, some have tried to say that these were, uh, descendants of the, uh, ten lost tribes of Israel. We, we do not know that. They were, what was called wise men, 
Uh, they were people who kept an eye in the skies and they were looking for the planets and the, and the stars to line up a certain way. And they were close enough, they had enough information about the God of Israel to uh, understand that this appearance of this star was connected to the birth of the king of the Jews. Now, how in the world they made that connection, I, the Bible does not tell us. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things, I'm, that's one of the mysteries of our Bible. I'm really looking forward to, to getting the knowledge of that, to understand how these men, uh, the only thing that connection I have been able to make is uh, we have uh, Daniel's 70 prophetic weeks, and uh, that was uh, going to be up, that's uh, 70, 69 times 7, uh, however uh, that all works out to be that many years, um, and that would expire on the day Jesus rode the donkey through the eastern gate on what we call Palm Sunday. And so they would have had to understand that it's close. But there's no other prophecy other than Balaam's prophecy that a star would arise out of David. And so these men had to, through the Holy Spirit of God, through some type of extra biblical means that we don't know about, get information from the God of heaven as to the origin and the meaning of this star. And that tells us a few things. We just do not know what's going on in the hearts and minds of everybody in the world. And so this, this just tells us that God is working in ways uh, there, there is no inclination that these were uh, Jewish men, they were not recognized as Jewish men, they were treated as strangers, they did not have the scriptures, and so they come and Herod heard, hears this, he is troubled, and he calls in verse 4 the chief priest and the scribes of the people together and demands of them where Christ should be born. He says, I want you to tell me where the Messiah, the Greek word for Messiah is Christ, where he is going to be born. And they answer immediately that in Bethlehem, in the city of Bethlehem. So Herod takes then their instruction, gives it to these men, and they head toward Bethlehem. And as they are leaving Jerusalem, the Bible says the star appears. They see the star, apparently it had disappeared. Now, I want to challenge you to think about this. They had seen this star. Somehow they were close enough to God to get revelation from God that this was the sign of the birth of the Jewish Messiah. And then they travel and this two-year period. Uh, how many of us would have two months that we could just stop everything and pursue something that we wanted to do, let alone two years. Stop and think about that. 
your job would not be there in two years. Uh, I, I don't care how much paid family leave you get. Uh, you, uh, your 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 uh, apartment wouldn't be there in two years. Your apartment wouldn't be there in two weeks, now would it? Uh, not here in New York. I mean, everything about your life would be disrupted. And these men made this journey, all of this distance, and... They come, and apparently the star is not even visible. They go to Jerusalem, and Herod demands the chief priest and the scribes to look this up, give him a report. He then diligently inquires. He questions them and goes back and forth, and finally sends them to Bethlehem. And as they leave Jerusalem, they see the star again. Their investment of time and effort and prayer and toil and travel and all of these things is now, boom. We were right. We, we did the right thing. Our, our travel was not in vain. And their response was when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now, I've often wondered, it says, Lo, the star, when they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Uh, I have often surmised in my imagination that maybe this star uh, had uh, wings. Uh, no, it was an angel. Uh, but there's no evidence that that is true. It just simply God allowed this star to reappear. It moved in the horizon. They were able to trace it. And when they get to Bethlehem, the light of the star is shining down upon the house. They come in, they worship him, they present their treasures, uh, their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, they were in contact with God because as they were sleeping there in Bethlehem that night, they were warned of God in a dream that they shouldn't return to Herod. And they departed unto their country another way. The fact that they, as we said, non-Jewish people, were in contact with God, knew enough of the Scriptures to appeal to the God of heaven, and He answered them and talked with them and gave them direction So that when they saw this star, they were able to get the information they needed to know that this was the king of the Jews. They went to Jerusalem, then they went to Bethlehem, and they had the opportunity to worship a little boy. Now, we we just scratch our heads, at least I do. I mean... Is this not one of the strangest stories that you've ever heard? How in the world did all of this happen? And their joy was in the fact that they were able to worship him a few moments. They presented their gifts. Then they went back home. I wonder what they did after the journey to Bethlehem. The Bible doesn't tell us, doesn't fill things in. But here's one thing I'd like for us to take just a few moments tonight and think about when John the Baptist appeared when Jesus appeared 
what was this, the question that continually came from the Jews, the scribes, the capital J-E-W-S, that's the scribes and the Pharisees, the very people or the next generation of them that looked this information up from King Herod were the ones that were going to ask John the Baptist, who are you? When Jesus went in in John chapter 2 and cleansed the temple, they said, what sign do you show that you do these things? Didn't they have a sign? They had the testimony of the shepherds keeping the sheep outside Bethlehem. Do you think that these wise men that troubled all Jerusalem and King Herod got out of town with no record of their visit being recorded in the journals in the city of Jerusalem? These people were God's messengers to Herod and the chief priest that the Messiah had been born. And what did Herod do with that information? He tried to murder the Jewish king before he had a chance to grow up and take his authority. It would be his sons, uh, or grandsons actually, that uh, would be there when Jesus was tried and... uh, uh, Herod would look at him and say, I, I don't find any fault in him and send him back to Pilate and all of these things on this day. Now, just a few moments. We're going to uh, uh, take a minute here and cover two other people very quickly in Luke chapter uh, 2. But what we're, what we're trying to do here is what we're looking at is the amount of effort, the amount of time here that was put into just a few moments of worship. Trying to venerate God for who He is. We sing songs, born to die upon Calvary. That's beautiful words, amen. Uh, uh, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I, I love the story how uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was sitting in a hospital ward. His son was seriously wounded, would take months and months to recover. And as he's sitting there in despair and distraught over his son's wounds, he hears the bells of the church steeples ringing in Washington, D.C. And he thinks, it's Christmas Day. And you hear his thoughts, how that hate was strong and mocks the song and then the bells pealed more loud. I mean, that's part of our worship is our singing. And we have the privilege not of worshiping a little boy that we have no idea what was going on, but worshiping the risen Christ who is coming again and has promised uh, all of his, uh, 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 to take us home to be with him in heaven. And so let's uh, uh, turn to um, Luke chapter 2, and we just want to take a moment here. Uh, the word joy is not necessarily used with Simeon and Anna, 
But but we do want to take just a, a moment here and, and look at their part that they played in this. And we start in Luke chapter 2 uh, and verse 25. It says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, the child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And so we have Simeon here and his prophecy as he was waiting on the consolation of Israel. You have to remember from Malachi till Gabriel telling Zacharias that John the Baptist would be born was 400 years. God's door of prophecy had been closed. The the revelation was not coming. They did not know. They were just what we might say in a holding pattern, waiting. There is so much waiting about the Christmas story and all of these events that are here. And Simeon was waiting to die. He held the baby. He blessed Mary. He said some interesting things. A couple of years ago, we, uh, I preached on the, the uh, Simon and uh, Simeon and his declaration uh, how a sword would pierce through uh, Mary's soul also that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed in simply... The Mary of the Christmas story in many people is not the Mary of the Bible. They had to get rid of her. She was not just a simple, wonderful young lady that was pure and chosen of God for this process to give flesh to the Son of God. They tried to make her a God themselves. And uh, the Bible tells us that it's just a simple story. Amen. And a few minutes here, we have Anna, the prophet, coming in, a prophetess. She was a daughter of Phanuel. Now, she was of a great age and lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. So, if she was uh, even 16 when she was married, she would have been 23 when she became a widow. And uh, here the Bible says she was a widow of 84 years. So, if she was 16 when she was married, 23 when she was widowed, and now we're going to add 84 to that, what do we get? 107, I think it is. Uh, I think that qualifies for great age. Amen? And she, too, was one of those ones that God kept waiting and alive 
And it says uh, that she, it says, like, and she coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And so we have this happening. They go to Nazareth. They come back to Bethlehem. The wise men come. Then they go into Egypt. And then back to Nazareth where Jesus is raised. And uh, we talk about the joy of answered prayer. The joy of being chosen by God for their uh, purpose, Joseph and Mary. The joy of the shepherds in the fact that God had given to them to see God and understand God's salvation. The wise men. All we know about these guys is they spent two entire years of their life to get to Jerusalem, only to be told they were in the wrong city. A few moments on their knees before a little boy. They go to bed and are warned. They get up and they go another direction. If we just have a small part in true worship to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. All that God moved in these lives for 30 minutes maybe of worship. God said that was good. He recorded their story. If we could ask God to help us to truly worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, And the whole idea of worship, the word, if you look it up, it means to bow down. But the best way to really understand what worship is, is trying to grapple with the greatness of God. If you ever, this is my illustration, picked up something really heavy, you begin to feel it pressing you down. When is the last time you wrestled enough with who Jesus is, how good he is, how great he is, all that he has done, that you could actually feel the weight of God's mercy and his goodness pressing? Pushing, lowering your understanding of yourself, raising your understanding of God. I mean, it really makes little sense that they worshipped a baby, does it? But yet, God said, I want all the angels of heaven to worship him. The shepherds came, the priests, and the wise men, and... You have to remember here, this is a Jewish culture and a Jewish community. What is the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What's the second commandment? Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, and thou shalt not bow thyself down to them. And it goes on and on and on and explains all these things. And yet, here we have the shepherds coming. We have the wise men coming and worshiping this little child. Any honest person of Jewish culture and Jewish understanding had to be aware that something was going on. The fact that they're so clueless when John the Baptist shows up tells us 
that they're not paying attention to the Scriptures at all. And what is the challenge for you and I today? Pay attention. Pay attention to the little things that we can do to worship the God of heaven and all God's people said. Let's just have a moment of prayer and then we'll get into our prayer time.